welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. Pastor Josh, this is Engaged Church. Just want to welcome you here. Welcome watching online. We're a little bit tilted here today, so maybe if I stand like that. But um, no, just welcome you guys. You know, one of my favorite parts about that video is Eric, the guy in the drums, kind of had like that ZZ Top look, straight face, just hitting that beat the whole time. It was pretty awesome. But um, yeah, so that's fun. We are in a conversation talking about Christmas in July. I know, it's kind of strange. It's like 90 degrees outside. It's humid all that, but this was something that was really important to me um, just as I've been praying for the church and just like what I feel God wants me to talk about. And it's just the idea that a lot of times at Christmas, we kind of get caught up into what I like to call the nightmare before Christmas, you know, like everything that happens moving up to Christmas. And, and um, we just get caught up in that. And, and sometimes we forget about God Emmanuel, God with us. And, and we've been talking about that God is with us in the wilderness times in our life. In the wilderness, when you look in scripture, wilderness is like, it, it doesn't happen fast. It's kind of something, a wilderness, you're wandering, you're there for a long time. It could be years, it could be months, it could be weeks, whatever that is. The wilderness time is kind of that desert type of time in our life. It's not always fun. But we realized in that, we talked about how God is as close as a whisper in that wilderness. He's present. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's with us all the time. And last week, we talked about the storms in our life. And storms are those things that brew up. They kind of come out of nowhere, somewhat unexpectedly sometimes, right? And that God is present with us in those times we can rely on him. And today... I got to be honest with you, I kind of went back and forth on, on a lot of things, and it's like, you know, I wanted to maybe talk about valleys and things like that to theme it all up, but I think today it's just important just to talk about how God is with us always, and talk about this thing that's really a cornerstone. Like, I understand that there might be some of you here today, there might be some watching online, that you're, you're not necessarily a follower of Jesus, you might not consider yourself a Christian, you're, you're welcome here. Like, we love having you here. I'm talking into the context of what we are. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And for that, we believe in the incarnation of Jesus, of God, as a human. And I want to talk about that incarnation because that's really a cornerstone of our faith. And, and we'll go into that. It's kind of a, a concept well, let's just put it this way. Don't go on Wikipedia and look up incarnation because there's a lot of words. It's very bizarre. I was going to read it to you guys, but honestly, I couldn't read half the words on there. So, like, don't do that. We're going to let Scripture guide us and talk to us about what that is. Everybody good with that today? All right, awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move through this fairly fast because it's warm in here, and let's be honest, this guy likes some hot dogs, so we got to get out to that as fast as possible. We're in Matthew 1, 18 uh, through 23. I'm just going to read this aloud here. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, Messiah mean, meaning Savior, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, Tim will talk to you about that later, what that means, um, she became <laughs> pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, right living. He was a good guy. And did not want to disgrace her publicly. She decided to break, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What is incarnation? What is the incarnation of God? It's the presence of God with us. It's the presence of God. The God that will never leave us in the storm. The God that will never forsake us in the wilderness. The God who is present yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This is incarnation. To put it as simple as I can, what the incarnation of God means is God into the flesh. God into the flesh. When you think about the Trinity, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the Trinity. What the Trinity is, is it is... This is just so mind-blowing for our minds to, to grab around. It really is. But God is really three in one. He, he's three persons in one being. I know, that's a super hard thing to swallow, but that is really what it is. And what that is, is that we have God the Father. Okay, we have God the Father. He's the creator. He's the authority. Then through incarnation, we're going to learn a little bit here, Jesus became the word of God. He is the one that became flesh among us. Took the appearance of Jesus. He's, God's, he's the word of God. And then we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, after Jesus ascends into heaven, was a gift to us who dwells with us, in us, as we believe and guides us. And this is the, the Godhead, the Godhead that we are talking about when we talk about God becoming flesh. So just having that quick idea of the Trinity that is a very hard thing to grab. Just kind of have that picture as we move forward. In John 1, uh, I'm going to read verse 1 and then also verse 14. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, talking about Jesus. And the Word was with God. In the beginning, as God was creating, the Word was with God. And here it is. And the Word was God. So this is just all confusing this morning. You're welcome. Um, though, and then down in verse 14, and here it is. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Isn't that just really cool to know and really interesting to know? Sometimes we think that Jesus was like he was born and that's when he came into existence. He was there at the beginning. When you read in Genesis, you actually see when God says, let us make humans. He says, let us make them in our image meaning the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They were all present at the beginning. It is three in one. It's something that is difficult to grab, but that is the truth. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It is a, a very difficult thing to explain this. It, it's hard to talk about this even to, even to adults who can kind of go through a conversation. And so as I was coming up with, like, how do we walk through this? How do we start to talk about God with us? I thought, you know, honestly, the best way to describe this is to learn how to say it to a child. 
I was having just this, um, honestly, there's some moments as in parenting that just kind of, they grab you, you remember them forever, and there's just a, a simple moment with my son and daughter. Uh, my, my daughter's nine, just turned nine. My son is seven, and then my other daughter is two, and Ruthie is our youngest, and she kind of has a mind of her own, so she was out chasing chickens, and Josh and, Ru- and Riley and I were having a conversation at our uh, table outside on the patio. And I just started to talk to them about their faith. I just, just asking questions. I'm like, you know, what do you, so what do you guys believe about this Jesus guy? Like, what, what do you know about him? And they go through and they just tell me, like, oh, he died for our sins. He rose again and God did this. And I'm like, man, like, you guys can preach on Sunday. Like, it just blew my mind. It was so cool. But then we started to talk about this, like how Jesus uh, came, became flesh and, and, and came among us. And I got to be honest with you, I was a little bit like, oh man, how do I explain this right now? Because I was, I was trying to take these young kids on a journey to learn this and understand this, but I, I just didn't know how to explain it to them in their context. And so today, before I get into the rest of this, that should only be about another uh, few minutes here, but I want you guys to understand the, the story that I'm going to tell the conversation that I'm going to kind of speak from is God having a conversation with Jesus. Now, I just want to back up and make sure this didn't actually happen. I mean, it could have. It could have. But this didn't actually happen. However, these events are biblical. They're in, the, in Scripture. And I'm just kind of trying to talk us through this so we can get an idea of this incarnation. Everybody with me on that? So no emails saying, hey, you put something in God's word that's not there. We know the conversation didn't happen. This is hypothetical, but it's cool. So imagine, imagine if God the Father was having, before Jesus comes to earth, he's having this conversation with his son, Jesus. Hey, little bud, sit down. I got something to talk to you about, right? And he just says, this is going to be your mission. This world, I mean, look at them down there. They're eating animals. They're killing each other. They're just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, you need to go down there, and, and you need to, like, help them out. You need, you need to save them. They're, they're totally trying to figure our will out, but they're missing it every time. They're in trouble. They need you. And your mission is that you're going to go save the world. You're going to be the Messiah, which means Savior. You're going to be among them. This is your mission. Should you choose to accept it, though? Because, this, you know, I can just see, like, my son would be like, sweet, Dad's asking me to do something. But should you choose to accept it, this is what it's going to cost you. You know, I'm going to, I found this lady, her name's Mary, young girl. And I'm telling you, Jesus, she's going to be your mom. She's going to be your earthly mom. And she's, she's a great girl. Her, our will is like what she revolves her life around. Like she knows our will. She wants our will for her life. And she is seeking after that. She's so cool, and you're gonna and you're gonna love her. And people are gonna talk to about her for generations because she was your mom. They're gonna make statues of her, and then you're gonna have this earthly father. Like I'm your father, but but there's gonna be an earthly father, and his name's Joseph, and he's not really gonna be talked about a whole lot. He kind of gets pushed off the side in the story. You know, no statues made or anything. But this guy's great, just a good man, and he's not going to put Mary to shame. He's going to listen to our will and he's going to fulfill what we're trying to do. You can trust him. Then he says, just to be clear, Jesus, you have to leave the glory of heaven. You have to leave the glory of heaven and not only that, but you're going to spend nine months in Mary's womb. And I can just imagine Jesus, this is the first time he chimes in, he's like, "Uh, nine, like nine months here? Can't we just do things? What about a stork? 
God, right? Like, I mean, send me down a little stork. Or how about, you know, Moses was found, like, floating in a river. We could do something like that. Nobody knows I come down. I'm in a basket. Mary finds me. Like, something like this, right? Like, no womb time here, God, right? You won't find that in Scripture. But I'm imagining that's what I would say (laughs) following me. So nine months you got to spend in the womb here. And Jesus is talking about a stork. And maybe I could come in a basket and just be found, you know, whatever. And God says, oh, this is the part that, that you have to understand. Listen up. Eyes up here, ears up here, son. I have to tell you this, Jesus, because you have to be born of a woman. Because you have to, you have to be fully human. But then you have to be pure. And so you have to be born of my spirit as well. And so you are going to be fully man, fully human, and fully God at the same time. Always. And this is just how it has to be. You have to spend that time in the womb. And Jesus starts getting it. Okay, Dad. Okay. And you will be all man. You will be all God. And people are going to expect that you're going to come in this palace. That you're going to be born into, you know, a king's, a king's home. And you're going to have royal blood in your veins. But I'm going to send you down in the commonplace, in the ordinary. I'm going, to, I'm going to have a nice little cave for you with a bunch of stinky animals and some hay. And, and your first breath is just going to be like manure. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And Jesus starts to get it. And he says, yeah, Dad, I get it because that's who I came for. And people will know that I'm not, I'm not trying to be this king and this ruler. That I'm trying to serve and love and care for these people. And this will, this will show them that. And he says, yeah. And he goes, you know, it's, it's going to take, take a lot of faith from you, Jesus. Because before you take your first steps, you have to understand that Satan and all his army are against you. They want to kill you. They, they don't like anything that you and I are about. And he's going to come against you. And before you take your first steps, you're going to see that in an earthly way when King Herod starts to kill all the firstborn boys trying to hit you, but I'm going to protect you. I'm going to give you just a great way for your family and you to get out of danger. It's, it comes in the form, you know, it's not going to be like a Dodge Charger, something even better, a donkey. We're going to just throw you on a donkey. It's going to be a wonderful thing. And Jesus just continues to get this, like I see it. But then God goes, oh man, now here, here comes some fun stuff. You're going to have our power. You're going to have our power, Jesus, but here's the thing. You're going to be this little kid, and you've you've been outside running around, and Mary's going to put you in the bathtub, and you literally will have the power to part the waters of the bathtub, and you don't have to take a bath. You can just sit on dry tub. But Jesus, take the bath. Don't use those power. And Joseph's going to tell you to eat the broccoli, and you have the power to turn that into a cheeseburger, chocolate, whatever you want to do. But Jesus... Come under the authority of Joseph and eat the broccoli. My kids actually like broccoli. Just, just a little side note there. But the cauliflower, they don't like that too much. But he, you'll have our power. But I'm just going to ask you to hold off on that. There'll be a time and a place. But you are to come under the authority of your earthly parents. And in school, here's the deal. You're going to have perfect attendance. You're going to be the teacher's pet. You're going to have all knowledge because you're fully man and fully God. It's not going to really catch you off guard. Teachers are going to love you, and the other students or your peers are just going to hate you. They're going to be jealous of you. 
And I'm going to just even kind of kick it up a notch for you, Jesus. And here's going to be your career. You're going to be a carpenter. Not going to make a whole lot of money. And the same wood that you whittle tables out of and chairs and things like that is going to be the same wood that they will take a cross and build a cross out of for you. And that comes later. But you'll have our power. And through this power, you'll have the ability to hold it back. But then there's going to be a time. And I'm going to call you to perform miracles and signs. So again, the world will know that you are God among us, God with us, Emmanuel. <laughs> and your first miracle is going to be this. You're going to turn water into wine. And Jesus is like, what? Like, what's that all about? Oh, yeah, yeah, water to wine. You're going to be at this, like, wedding feast, and, and, and it's going to run out, and you're going to turn water into wine. And I could just imagine Jesus like, okay, I'm not really sure the theological, like, idea here. Like, what's the deal? And then God's just like, oh, we're just doing it. This is kind of like our fun time. Like, for generations, people are going to be like, was the wine non-alcoholic or alcoholic? Like, we're just going to sit back and giggle. That's our giggle one. That's our giggle one, right? Again, these conversations probably didn't happen quite like this, but I like to think so. But he says you're going to have that power and you're going, to, you're going to be able to heal the blind. You are going to physically heal blind people. They're going to come to you and through their faith you're going to touch them and heal them. You're going to open deaf ears. This is the power that you'll have, Jesus. You're going to raise people from the dead, ones that you care for deeply. And on top of that, people are still going to hate you. They're going to sling insults at you. They're going to call you a hypocrite, a false teacher, that you're drunk, that you're my enemy, that you're not somebody that is credible. You shouldn't be listened to. And here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to show my love. I want you to show our love. And all that hate that's brought to you, I want you to continue to show my love. And then you're going to touch lepers. You're going to befriend prostitutes. You're going to love all those that the religious people reject. You're going to bring close to you. The more you love, the more they'll hate. The more that they'll keep rejecting you. And I want you to keep loving Jesus. I want you to keep loving. Because, son, love isn't what we do. Love is who we are. You have to understand that. And when the devil attacks you, I'm not leaving you alone. You'll have a time in the wilderness and he'll come at you and he's going to come at you hard. He's going to come at your weakest moment. You're going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. You'll be physically weak because you are 100% man. You'll need that nourishment. and That's when he's going to come to you. But I am equipping you with my word, son, with our word. And I want you to fight back with that word. And I'm very excited in a couple weeks we're going to talk about that. That is going to be life-changing for a lot of us. He's going to ask you to turn stones into bread and tempt you with this. What do you think you'll say to him, Jesus? And Jesus just sits and thinks for a minute. Doesn't knock his earpiece out. Jesus sits and thinks for a minute. He says, I got it. I'm going to look that devil in the face and I'm going to tell him, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. He says, yeah, that's good, son. That is good. You're getting this. Then he's going to test you and say, throw yourself off. And I mean, God's supposed to send, you know, you, you have the power to call angels to come and 
catch you off this cliff. What are you going to say to him? He's going to thought about it and he says, I'm going to say nobody puts God to the test. Nobody puts God to the test. That's good, son. That's good. And he's going to offer you the riches of the world because, man, that's going to tempt you. You're, you're this carpenter. You know, you were born in a little manger. <laughs> Your parents aren't going to afford much. I mean, your escape vehicle is going to be a donkey, son. So that's going to look really nice to you. And he's also going to offer you a cheap way to be the ruler of the world. It's going to look kind of nice to you. Because what I'm going to ask you to do in a minute here is going to be way harder than that. What are you going to say to him? What are you going to say to him when he asks you to worship him? And Jesus looks and he says, Dad, I'm going to tell him that no other God comes before our God. We worship nobody but the one true God. He says, yeah, that's good, son. That's good. And then God just says, you know, it's going to get worse. It's going to continue to get worse. And what, what I'm asking you to do next is, it's tough, son. I'm just going to tell you, it's tough, and this is where the rubber meets the road, and I, I need you to continue to pursue, continue to persevere. I need you to follow through with this, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to fall in love with these people. You're going to have disciples, people that actually follow you. You're going to live life with these men and trust them and feel as if they trust you. And when you need them the most, they're going to turn on you. There's a man named Peter that you will just love deeply. You'll teach him. He'll see all miracles. And one night he will deny you, not just to other adults and people, but even to an eight-year-old girl because he is so afraid that your fate will be his. He's going to turn his back on you and run the other way. And then the same night that you, you give a symbol of your body broken out and you have a meal with these friends and you, and you give them what you are about to do is break your body for them and you give them the bread and you tell them to remember you and then you show them the blood and that that's a promise that you'll always be with them, that, that they can count on you. The one that sits at the end of the table is going to sell you out for a couple pieces of silver. And you'll know this because he'll finish it with a kiss on your cheek. And it won't stop there. Son, you are all man and you are all God. And so on the night of your betrayal, you will be in the garden. You'll be in this garden and it's where you'll meet me often. And being that you're fully God, you will know what's about to happen. You'll know everything that's going to happen to you. And it'll grieve you so much that you'll bend down and you will literally pray and sweat Sweat drops of blood because you're in such agony about what's going to happen. And I got to ask you to keep going. You'll ask me, you'll ask me to take it from you. And I just want to tell you now like I'll tell you then. I'm going to tell you to persevere. I'm going to tell you to continue to move forward. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you to keep going. Because this has to happen. You are fully man and fully God. You are perfect and you have to be the sacrifice for them. And you'll look at me, you'll look up and you'll say, not my will, but yours. And you'll be strong in that moment. You'll trust my strength in you. And then they're going to take you away, son. And they're going to beat you. They're going to call you names. They're going to hit you with 
this whip that is going to tear your flesh. They will beat you until you are unrecognizable as a human being. And I want you to keep going. I want you to remember the love that we have for these people and your mission and why you're here, why we're sending you. And then they're going to lay you down and they're going to drive a nail into your arm and you'll scream like you never thought you could scream before. And it won't be over because the other arm's coming next and your feet next. And they'll hang you there in excitement, watching you drown in your own fluid because you can't lift yourself to breathe. And they'll be happy. And I will be with you. I will be with you. And I want you while you're hanging there to remember the love that you have for them. And Jesus says, I think in that moment, I would just cry out, they know not what they do. They know not what they do. And son, I'm going to be with you that whole time and everything that I told you, but there's going to be a moment where I have to leave you. And he just says, why, dad? He says, because I'm going to put the sin of the world on you. You will become sin. It's what has to happen. And you know that I'm holy and I can't be with you in that time. And you'll look up and you'll say, why have you forsaken me? But this is because we love them. This is because we love them. And in that moment, you will take your last breath. And the earth will shake when you die. It's going to be an amazing moment that will be talked about for generations. But I want you to know you will not stay dead forever. Because three days later when these ladies come and they look for you in the tomb, the, the, the rock will be rolled away. You will not be there. And the celebration begins. And you've known that you've accomplished what we sent you for. And I can just imagine that the Holy Spirit at this moment, I picture the Holy Spirit kind of swaying a little bit coming in. He's like, hey, Jesus and God here, the Father, what, like, what about me? Hello, part of this thing too. What about me? I mean, you know, people are talking about Jesus, like what role do I play? What, what do I get? And Jesus says, I got you, man. I got it. And I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to tell people about you, and it's going to be in our word that they're going to actually be able to read. My words will be down of what I say about you, Holy Spirit, because this is what I'll say. We look at John 14, 15 through 19. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is Jesus. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. God with us. We're never Left alone. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Man, how encouraging is that? I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. And the Holy Spirit is just like, oh man, that's so cool. Thank you. Before I leave earth, Father, Jesus says, can I just remind them? 
Can I remind them of what they're to do with us, knowing us? And can I encourage them? And the father just be like, man, you are my, give me some knucks. You're my boy. Like, you're getting this. Oh, Jesus. God says, of course you can, son. In Matthew 28, 19, we see how Jesus encourages us. He says, therefore, go and make disciples, followers, followers, not fans, people that like the idea, but people that are following, fully submitted to me of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely here it is. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus wanted to remind us that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. I'm so excited today that we get to example that out at a, a lake um, where we get to have just a huge party, but we're baptizing somebody today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because she recognizes Emmanuel in her life and she wants to move forward with that. It's exciting. I want people to be a part of that. So God finishes up this conversation and, and he asks Jesus, you know, now Jesus is all built up. Like he knows what's happening. He is ready for this. And, G and God just says, what is your mission? I will go to bring them life and life to the full. That is my mission, to bring them life and life to the full. There, there's an enemy out there that will shame them, that will try to keep them in their guilt, that will try to keep them down. He's trying to destroy everything in their lives, but I will bring them life and I will bring it to the full. I will transform their hearts. Ones who have been distanced from me will now be close to us and we'll have, we'll have this bond, this relationship where I know them and they know me. They'll have more joy and peace in their life than they ever thought was possible. Their relationships will be rebuilt. Their addictions will be broken. Their families will come together. Their cities will be changed because of the life that we bring. Who are you going for? Who are these people that you talk about, Jesus? He says, I'm, going for the, I'm not going for the righteous but for the sinners. If you walk through that door today and you feel like you're not worth it, that is a lie. And I'm not here just to try to make you feel bubbly. Believe me, I'm not that good at doing stuff like that. That's a lie. Jesus came for you. God, Emmanuel, God with us, is that very purpose to take you out of that guilt, to take you out of that shame. Nothing's impossible with him. He came for you. He says, I didn't come for the right living and the ones who get I came for the ones that are broken, fallen, hurting, sinning, that are blind. I want them to see. I'm not going for the healthy. I'm going for the sick. I mean, Jesus just, man, he gets it. Why are you going? Because, Father... These people are like lost sheep, and I am the good shepherd. They, they wander around, and they have pain in their lives. They have confusion in their lives because of that pain, because we did not create them 
to handle pain. We didn't create them to deal with pain. So they, they, they deal with it in all these different ways. They try to fill this void in, in many relationships or, or just diving into uh, TV too long or food or whatever it is for them, addictions. And they try to, uh, pornography, whatever that might be. Isolation. They try to deal with this pain in so many different ways, but God, we didn't create them to live with that pain. And, and as they're trying to figure it out on their own, as they're trying to be better, they're just wandering around like these lost sheep and they don't know where to go. And I am the good shepherd and I want to say, I've been pursuing you. I've been waiting for you. I've given you grace in your sin. I want to forgive you. I want you to have new life. I'm going because they're like lost sheep and I am the good shepherd. They need me. And I will lay down my life for them when they need me the most. To be honest with you, Father, if we're really going to show our love, we can't shout our love from heaven. They have to see our love on earth. And Jesus takes up that mantle. He takes up that mission and he goes full force. And he comes. And he dies for us. He's risen again. He's with us. He's with us. I want to read our, our opening verse one more time. Matthew 1, 21, 23. It says, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We should all be jumping around Dancing, celebrating for that alone. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. <laughs> if you're blessed today, God is with you in that rejoicing. right? If, if you're lost, if you're feeling lost, he came for those sheep. He wants to guide you. It might not just happen today, but this is why you have a local church who loves you. And next week, we are going to lay out this path of, of where we are presenting opportunities at this local church to bring you along and help you take your faith to the next level. I'm so excited about this. I'll get a little more excited so you guys know that I'm really excited about this that we're putting together. It's awesome. If you're lost, he wants to guide you. Give him that opportunity. Come again next week. Give us the opportunity to tell you about that. Don't feel like everything has to happen now. Baby steps are powerful. But just keep driving forward. Somebody that was willing to be God among us is worth at least checking out, at least seeking, isn't he? I mean, amen, right? I know it's hot in here, but man, this is good. If we are weak if we are weak, he's with us in that weakness and he wants to be our strength. This is God. This is who God is. He's Emmanuel. He's with us. If we feel attacked, he wants to be our defender. Look at how he said to Jesus, if you're attacked by the enemy, you come and you stand on my word. You stand on my word and you let me defend you. His word is so powerful. If you're feeling alone, he wants to be your companion. He wants to be your companion. If you're sick, he's with you in your healing. You guys are getting the idea, but I want to keep going. I want to keep going and tell you this. If you're in sin, if you're just feeling lost in sin, he is your savior. You put your trust in him. 
He pulls you out. It's not about you doing something better. It's not about you finding some one, two, three step. It's about you understanding Emmanuel, God with us. And how are you going to respond to that? That should change our lives. It should change our relationships. It should change how we are at work. It should change who we are. It should change our emotions. Like I know this is a lot right now. And again, I'm not saying all that changes like that. In some cases he does. But when we understand God with us, when we truly believe that, it has to change us. I don't know about you, but I want to be different tomorrow. I want to be closer to Christ so I can be closer to my wife. I want to be more encouraged by the Holy Spirit so I can encourage my kids. I want to be comforted by God's word so I can comfort the ones that I get the opportunity to influence and impact. Would you guys stand with me today? Talk about a sauna today, huh? Man. God is so good. He's just doing some things with this local church. And and I'll be honest, there's some things that I thought were off in the distance as far as just, you know, being able to help people move forward. And it is just presenting itself so clearly right now. I am excited for the fall, the next few months of this church, this local church and what we're going to do. And it's a lot to do with a lot of people like you having your lives transformed, being willing to uh, serve. It's just amazing what God's doing. I want to encourage you to continue, continue to come and give us an opportunity to tell you one more time about Jesus. It's just an awesome thing. Can we bow our heads and pray? Lord, we love you today. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you um, that you give us truth Sometimes messages can just seem so kind of simple, but they're so difficult because our lives are so complicated. Jesus, you told us in this life we'd have trouble, and that is so true. Every corner we turn around, there's just some kind of issue, or we mess things up because of our own words and our own decisions, and we have to walk through that, or, or you know, just financial things happen, things at work that we're not expecting, stuff like that. Like, it's so true. We have trouble. But we can come back to this simple idea that is so profound that when we realize you're with us through it, you're with us in those valleys, you're with us in that wilderness, you're with us in that storm, you're with us when we rejoice, it just changes us a little bit. gives us courage. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray for each and every person out here today as they've received your message, those watching online, that they would would make a commitment to understand and really think about what that means that God is with you and that they would choose to allow that to, to change them from the inside out. Your word says that you rejoice to see the work begun, so don't be bothered by these small beginnings. You're excited even though we might feel overwhelmed and we're not really sure exactly what step to take, you're just excited that we're moving towards you. You're rejoicing with us. I pray that you let those people today that are feeling like they're taking this baby step for the first time understand that is huge. It's important. And that you're rejoicing with them. 
Lord, thank you for this local church and everyone here that gives so much of their time, their effort, their finances, everything to see one more person reached for your name, your glory. And help us, Lord, to continue to develop fully committed followers of you so that we can see our lives changed, our marriages changed, our job atmosphere changed, and our city changed for your glory. We are on a mission. We accept that mission. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless. Hope to see you guys this afternoon. Um, It'll start at 2 o'clock, but bring somebody next week, 10 o'clock right here. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Engage Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.